past few weeks, I've been telling you that our church's vision is very simple to move beyond. Move beyond. It's easy to remember, sometimes hard to practice. And so what happens is we start out in our Christian life going right along like we want to go, and all of a sudden we get stuck. Last fall, I challenged you to move beyond some areas in your life maybe where you were having some difficulties, and some of you did, and I've heard some of your stories, and, and you're still continuing to move right along, but for some of you, you know, Christmas came, and then January hits, and you find that you're kind of stuck. So what we've been trying to do for the last few weeks and what we're going to do for the next couple of weeks is we want to get you unstuck uh, with some solid biblical advice on how to get unstuck so that you can move beyond whatever it is that's holding you back in your faith. Now, I probably should warn you up front, today's sermon is a sermon where I meddle in your business. I'm just going to tell you that up front. I'm going to meddle in your business today. The word habit comes from a Latin word that means to hold or live in. And a habit is a way of acting which, because of repetition, becomes a normal part of our lives. Now, we all have habits, all kind of habits. Some habits are good. Regular exercise is a good habit. Personal hygiene is a good habit. Bible reading, prayer, regular attendance and worship, those are good habits. A healthy diet is a good habit. Also, getting lots of sleep is a good habit. But, of course, we all have some bad habits, and it's those bad habits that keep us stuck in our relationship and growing in our relationship with Christ, and also it keeps us stuck and prevents us from growing in relations to other people as well. Somerset Maugham said that the unfortunate thing about this world is that good habits are so much easier to give up than bad ones. Now, when you start talking to people about habits, especially bad habits, boy, those defenses go up in a hurry. We have all sorts of defensive mechanisms. We laugh it off. Well, you know, that's just the way I am. Uh, for some of us, we rationalize. You know, well, everybody else is doing it, so it, it can't really be, be that bad. Or we get angry about it. Someone confronts us with a bad habit, and we say, don't go there. Denial. We run away from it. Apathy, we don't care about it anymore. Or blame, well, my dad had this habit, so I picked it up from him. Here's my personal favorite, is be careful, preacher, because I have freedom in Christ, and you're not my judge. You're right on both accounts. You do have freedom in Christ, and I am not your judge. But let's talk about freedom for a moment. As Christians, we do have freedom. But a strong Christian knows that along with freedom also comes responsibility. For instance, I have freedom to drive my car. I drove it to church today. I can drive it home. I can go out this afternoon if I want. I have freedom to drive my car, but I also have the responsibility to drive it safely. I'm not free to drive it at any speed I want. I'm not free to ignore stop signs and yield signs. I am not free to text while I drive, nor am I free to talk on my phone while I drive. And just as a side note, if you do that, stop it. Not only it's illegal, but you're going to kill yourself and somebody else. Now, that aside. But anyway, uh, anytime we do anything like that, it's irresponsible and it endangers others. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians Chapter 10, verse 23. It says, I have the right to do anything, you say. 
but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Now, as it relates to our personal habits, we have freedom as well. You are free any day of your life. You can do it tomorrow morning if you want to. To get up, wake up, and eat a bucket of fried chicken. Drink a case of Bud Light. Drink a fifth of Jack Daniels. Rub three cans of Copenhagen. Smoke five packs of cigarettes. And top it off with eating two dozen donuts. You can do that every day of your life if you want. All of those things are legal in the state of West Virginia. They are. They're all legal. In fact, if you look in the Bible, it doesn't say anything about cigarettes or snuff or Bud Light or Jack Daniels or donuts for that matter. So, yeah, technically those things are legal in the sense that they will not get you put in jail, nor will they keep you out of heaven. But to be honest, those things and a host of other things are neither constructive nor are they beneficial to you. And yep, you can do it, but your body's going to pay the price for doing it. Now, you say, well, you know, it's my body, and I'm the only person that I'm hurting. Well, I know this guy, the friend, and he's worked really hard at trying to kick a habit that was literally killing him. Literally, it was. And incidentally, he's doing a great job. He's been able to make incredible progress. But here's the problem. There's somebody that lives in the same house that he does, a family member who has the same habit. So this guy is really trying hard to kick this habit while at the same time this family member is practicing the same habit about three feet away. Now what she's doing is legal. There's nothing illegal about that. But it's not beneficial. And what happens is you may have the, the legal right to do it, but what happens is you're hurting someone else. And so freedom in Christ means that some actions, while they may be legal for us, are not beneficial and, in fact, harm other people because of our actions. We should exercise our freedom with responsibility. It's another passage, and this really relates to the larger context of, of your body and yourself. It's found in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. It says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. You see, what we put in our bodies and what we do to our bodies does matter. And it matters for a couple of reasons. One, it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives in us. And it also says here that we're not the owners of it. We don't own our own bodies. So what happens is when we practice some of these bad habits, what we do is we are damaging holy property that doesn't belong to us in the first place. So we need to be careful about those things. Now, I know some of you are out there going, <clears throat> he hadn't mentioned mine. Well, let me tell you, bad habits are not just physical things that we do. Bad habits are not just things that we literally put into ourselves or maybe do to ourselves because there are other kinds of bad habits. Some Christians develop bad habits. Uh, there's the bad habit of committing to something but then never following through. There's the habit of neglecting prayer and Bible study in your life. There's the habit of neglecting worship. 
There's the habit of talking about others. Some of us have language habits that are not very good. Uh, you have the habit of giving up too early or the habit of letting your anger get the best of you. Now, that's not the purpose, though, of today. The purpose of today is not for me to just rattle off uh, an entire list of bad habits. Uh, let's just suffice it to say that the purpose of today is not so much to name all the bad habits. <laughs> the purpose of today is to get you unstuck from whatever habit you find yourself in. Now, I have bad habits. I know what mine are. You have bad habits. You know what yours are. So it's not going to do us any good for me to just kind of see if I can name all the, all the habits today. We really know what our bad habits are. Now, we may go back to some of those defensive mechanisms to try to justify it, but what we really know. And for a lot of us, the Holy Spirit's working in us on some of our bad habits and really convicting us every day of things that we need to change in our lives. So what we want to do today is to help you move beyond what you already know you need to move beyond to being the person that God wants you to be by developing good habits. You see, I don't think it's ever too late to develop good habits in your life. It's never too late to move beyond the bad ones, to recognize the good ones, and to develop them in your life. Now, to do that, we're going to go way back in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 12. Uh, I want to put this passage in context. The Israelites have been set free from bondage in Egypt, and they're going to eventually enter the Promised Land after many, many years of, of wandering and disobedience and some other things. But, but God gives them some instructions and from those instructions, I want to draw some parallels for us today. Deuteronomy 12. It says, These are the decrees and laws you must be careful to follow in the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you to possess as long as you live in the land. It's talking about surrender and obedience. The Israelites had been set free from slavery. They'd been set free. And they were about to enter the promised land, the place that God had prepared for them. God reminds them that this newfound freedom, though, comes with responsibility. And they need to be diligent about obeying God. Now, when the Israelites come into the land that's promised, he says, Be careful that you follow my laws and decrees. You need to be intentional about it. And what he's really talking about is surrender. In other words, they are to surrender themselves and their desires to what God desires, that they are to surrender the way that they want to live to the way that God wants them to live. And he says they need to be very intentional about it because if you're not careful, you'll be tempted to go another direction. In fact, there's another passage in Scripture where, where God warns them. He says, look, once you get to this promised land and once you find yourself fat and happy, be careful that you don't forget the God that brought you to these wonderful surroundings. Well, coming into a new land is symbolic of, of coming into a new way of life. So God says to them, look, as, as long as you live in this land, here's what you're to do. As long as you live here, it's not a temporary thing. It's a permanent thing. It's to become their lifestyle, not just something they turn on and off. It's to become a lifestyle for them. Now, when we come to Christ... We are new creations. We have left the bondage of slavery, and we are new creations in Jesus Christ. But also with that comes a responsibility to surrender our will 
to God's will, to surrender everything that we have to God. Now, it involves living a life of obedience to him. A life of obedience. Jesus is our example, certainly, for living. And the Bible, God's revelation of himself to us, is certainly our guide. And it's worth noting that what God asks us to surrender to is good for us. God has our good in mind. When we think about God's commands or, or God's laws, it, it has a strictness to it. And we often come up with kind of this idea that, that God just came up with all these really hard things for us to follow and he just sits up in heaven and is amused at us and how we, we keep failing to, to do what he wants us to do. That's, that's not... It, his laws and his decrees, his way of life, surrendering to him is for our own good because left to ourselves, we are a self-destructive people. And God says, look, everything's lawful. Everything's lawful. But everything's not beneficial. And so God wants to help us in that way. You know, a lot of times what happens is we'll, instead of reading the Bible and trying to discern what God's will is for our lives, what we will do is we will determine what we think God's will for our lives should be. And then we'll go to the Bible and try to find some scripture that might back up the way we feel. Rather than doing it the other way. Rather than reading the Bible and finding out how God wants us to live. We need to do it the opposite way. Find the, read the Bible. Find out how God wants us to live. And surrender to that way. Not decide and then go look for something to justify it. But it's not a temporary thing either. Um, it's not a temporary way of life. When you leave the old and come into the new, it's a lifestyle change. It's a lifestyle change. And we need to be careful that, that we are not about just a temporary change, just a convenient change, just a change that happens when it's convenient for us. But it's a conscious thing that we do every single day. Now, you have to be careful about it becoming automatic, this new creation. Because you know what automatic is for us? Automatic for us is to go back to the old way. But then he goes on in verse 2. He says, Destroy completely all the places on the high mountains, on the hills, and under every spreading tree where the nations you are dispossessing worship. Their gods, break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, and burn their Asherah poles in the fire. Cut down the idols of their gods and wipe out their names from these places, from those places. You must not worship the Lord your God in that way. Once you come into a relationship with Christ, once you come and become a new creation in Him, there's some things we need to be very intentional about. Now, when he's talking to Israel here, he says that basically Israel worshipped the one true God. The pagans worshipped other gods. They worshipped false gods. They worshipped idols. And Moses made it clear that God rejects all those false gods. That he's the one true and the living God. And the land that the people were coming into belonged to God. And so God had a right to purge it of anything he wanted to purge it from. Now... The nation of Israel, when they came into a new land, they were supposed to destroy everything. 
all the remnants of any false gods, everything, they were to completely eradicate it. Because God knew that if they didn't completely eradicate it, then their temptation would be to follow these false gods. We too have to be ruthless when we find things in our lives, habits in our lives that don't belong there. We have to be ruthless about removing any centers of false worship in our lives. That's what an idol is. An idol is a center of false worship. And you say, well, I don't have any idols in my life. Well, an idol doesn't have to be something that's carved out of stone. An idol can be an activity. It can be an attitude. It can be a relationship. It can be a place or... It can be a bad habit. Anything that tempts you to turn your heart from God. Now, I would contend your bad habit is an idol. And you need to recognize your bad habit is an idol. Your bad habit is an act of worship. It's true. Everybody worships something. Everybody worships something. And every act that you do is an act of worship Towards something. Now, as believers, our object of worship should be God alone. But if your bad habit, not just physical bad habits, but these spiritual ones I talked about too, if they are the ones that occupy your time and your resources and your energy, then they have become a center of false worship in your life. Now you say, well, look, I just don't think that my bad habit is an idol. I don't think that I worship my bad habit. Of course you do. That's why it's so hard to give up. If you didn't worship it, it'd be easy to give up. It's easy to give up things that you don't really care about or things that you don't worship. They're idols in our lives. When we come to Christ, we are to completely destroy these sinners of false worship. We come into a relationship with Christ. We've been made new in Christ. But he says to us, look, you need to get rid of all these sinners of false worship. And until you do, you're going to be stuck in your relationship. You're not going to grow because you're still not over the old. Remember we talked a couple of weeks ago about completely putting off the old self and putting on the new self? We're going to be stuck until we do that. And we shouldn't flatter ourselves to think that, well, you know, I won't be tempted by it. Yes, you will. You need to get rid of it. If there's any remnant of that habit that you're trying to get out of your life hanging around, if your bad habit is to talk over the neighbor's fence about somebody, build a higher fence. There's another habit in your life. Don't stick it in the back of the closet. Get it out of the house. If it's there you will go back to it. That's why God says, get rid of it, eradicate it, destroy every piece of it. And that's what we need to do. Whatever the habit that we need to get rid of in our lives, <laughs> we need to completely get rid of it. Don't keep it hanging around. Now, You become new in Christ. You know what that involves. It has freedom, but it involves responsibility. 
and you've identified those things in your life that don't need to be there, and you've eradicated them or are in the process of eradicating them. But what we want to really do today is we want to conclude with talking about how you're going to develop a good habit. How do you develop a good habit, and how do you keep it? Look at uh, verse 5 of chapter 12. But you are to seek the place the Lord your God will choose from among all your tribes to put his name there for his dwelling. To that place you must go. There bring your burnt offerings and sacrifices, your tithes and your special gifts. What you have vowed to give and your free will offerings and the firstborn of your herds and flocks, there in the presence of the Lord your God, you and your families shall eat and shall rejoice in everything you have put your hand to because the Lord your God has blessed you. What a wonderful place he's talking about here. It's a place of God's choosing, not their own. It's a place of true worship. It's a place of fellowship and rejoicing. And it's a place when they come to it that God says everyone is going to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that they are blessed. That's where God wants us to be. He wants us to be in a place where we know we are blessed because we have found what he wants us to find. Here, in this case, it was seek the place that the Lord your God will choose. They were after a place that God will choose. That's what we want in our lives. We want to be in a place that God chooses, not that we choose. We want to have habits that God chooses, not that we choose. So how do you know? How do you know? How do you identify this place? He says here that God will choose it. But he also says he'll put his name there. He'll put his name there. How do you know if a habit is one that God wants you to have? A good habit will have God's name on it. That's how you'll recognize it. That's how you'll know it's right. He chose it and it has his name on it. Let me give you some examples. God is a God who forgives sin. And who sets us free. If the habit that you're following is keeping you on that path of freedom, if it's helping you to grow in your relationship to God, if it's setting you free, it's a habit that has God's name on it. If it's a habit, that has enslaved you and continues to enslave you, it doesn't have God's name on it. God is a God who is to be glorified. If your habit brings honor and glory to God, it has God's name on it. If it brings honor and glory to anything else or to anybody else, or if it dishonors God, it doesn't have his name on it. God is a God who is building his kingdom in us. If your habit builds up the kingdom of God, then it has God's name on it. If it's destructive in the kingdom of God, then it does not have God's name on it. Now, it's true. Everybody has bad habits. I have bad habits. You have bad habits. We've all got some good ones too. But it's the bad habits we want to get rid of 
and move on to good habits, okay? Now, we'll admit everybody's got bad habits, but the question for us today is, what about your bad habits? The question is not, what is somebody else going to do about their bad habits? It's, what are you going to do about yours? So I don't want any of you going home today and said, now, 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 honey, the preacher said, and you need to, uh-uh, uh-uh, let the Holy Spirit work on him or her individually, okay? This is about you. This is not about anybody else. This is about you. It's about your bad habits, about God working on your bad habits, all right? So, are you ready to deal with them? Are you ready to deal with them? Are you ready to surrender them to God and to work on developing good habits? Now, you say, okay, all right, I'll give it a shot. Next question is when? When are you going to do it? Tomorrow? Next week? No. After church today? No. It starts right now. If you are really serious about leaving bad habits behind and developing good habits for God, it starts now in you, not in someone else and not at some other time. It starts right now. And I hope that this will be the time for you. There's a wonderful passage from Hebrews 10.22 that I want to close with today. It says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let's pray.